Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche Podcast. We got Eric, we got Megan, we got Rudo, and we got special guest Colleen Flynn from the Hockey News joining us to talk Avalanche today. First of all, Colleen, thank you for joining us. How you doing? Fantastic. How about yourself? Doing pretty well. I'm excited. Uh, as much as the Avs game last night was not very exciting. Yeah. But, you know, those happen. They're still 6-1. It's all right. Uh, before we get into the Avs, though, I wanted to ask you... Your story and how you ended up getting into hockey. Uh, started back when I was 18 years old. I realized that I wanted to do hockey writing and went to journalism school for it. Interned with the Florida Panthers, then interned with Sports Illustrated, and then took a different turn <laughs> for f- quite a few years. And finally got back into it uh, with the hockey writers, uh, 2019, 2020, before COVID hit. Then I ended up at a news station, and now I got the opportunity with the Hockey News. Awesome. Long time coming, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hold on to your dreams. Hold on to your dreams. What was it that uh, that pulled you into hockey initially? Why hockey? Uh, my brother, actually. Um, my mom was actually a, a sports nut, and uh, family's from St. Louis, so big Cardinals fans, big Blues fans. And my brother it doesn't got fly the- super well here. No, sometimes. it doesn't. It doesn't. I, I try to keep that on the DL, but uh, I can't help it. Um, Ended up just, you know, following that team and, and being a huge fan. And again, being a native to South Florida, the yep. Panthers. So uh, I just love the game. I mean, I love football too, but hockey was just my sport. Pick the right one. Yeah, in, in my absolutely. <laughs> so much so it called you back. I love that. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so you're, you've been around for a little while now. You've, you've experienced a, a handful of Avalanche teams. You interned with the Florida Panthers. Let me ask you this. Which team is the best team you've covered for a single year? Oh, definitely an avalanche. Okay. No doubt. <laughs> this year's team? Last year's team? So far, this year's team, honestly. <laughs> I like it. It's I like it. It's a fresh start. It's nice. It's fun. You joined, too, last year, and so you had a front row seat to an avalanche team that was obviously struggle- struggling with a mountain of injuries. I was curious what you saw from that team then, any similarities or differences in what you're seeing in this avalanche group coming out the gate this year? Uh, definitely that perseverance that they learned last year from going through all of those injuries and really just being able to take their losses and pick up, move on, and not dwell on it, not you know, kind of let it be a, a domino effect. Just it's it was a loss. We look at it, see what we can fix, see what we, you know, can try and do better and move on to the next game. Uh, talking about the Avalanche specifically, uh, Megan, I know you've been in that room a ton too, but I- I'm curious, who's the easiest to interview in <laughs> that room? <laughs> uh, so far this year, honestly, I mean, all the guys are pretty easy to interview. Ryan Johansson's always willing to talk and, I mean, you know, really understands that we can't always get to him at the same time so you know he's he's good at not you know being like well somebody already asked me that or anything like that you know just being open to answering whatever pretty much you ask him and I mean I I take that back I mean all the guys are that way Um, but Johansson just has been um, knowing that he's going to be more in the spotlight right now (laughs) yep the new guys yeah exactly uh when you kind of compare those two, you see, you saw last year's core, which has remained the same, and then you see the 
five, six, seven new guys the Avs have brought in this year. We're a couple weeks into the season. Has that team started to gel? They have, but there's definitely still some work to be done. Um, as head coach Jared Bednar said, it's still a work in progress. <laughs> so that team, I mean, they've said that they've gelled. McKinnon has said that, you know, he was pretty proud of the fact that they gelled as quickly as they did. Um, but a lot of those guys had talked about, uh, you know, the system being different and just trying to get on the same page. So I think it's just taken a little bit longer for them to to really come around to that. Fair enough. E, you're a guy who steps into these locker rooms. You did it yourself for years. Yep. How long do you really feel comfortable with a new team like this? It's going to sound stupid what I'm going to say, but it's it's true. And because I lived it, I lived it many times. And it's weird when you walk into a room because you want to know where you stand. You know, sure. whether you walk on the bus, it sounds stupid. Where do I sit? It's, <laughs> don't think it's not like, and I'm not saying it's bullying. I'm saying, but it's like, oh, McKinnon sits there. He sat there for eight years. And then you walk in, you're sitting in the wrong seat. Um, <laughs> on the plane, it's the same thing. In the locker room, uh, the equipment guy, the way they, they sharpen skates, the way they they operate. And, if you know, sometimes some guys adjust to it really quickly and some guys don't. Um, some guys have families. Uh, you know, so if you have families, they might have kids, and then it's the schooling, it's the it's the doctor's appointments, it's the it's all of the above, and, and it's a lot. It is a lot. Uh, I always say when you get traded, your single so much easier. You know what I mean? <laughs> because of all what I just talked about, no baggage. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, you know what I mean? It's I just in, in a good way. I mean, it, it is what it is, right? And then, but it is, and then it's coaches, it's yeah. assistant coaches, which usually you have a better rapport with the assistant coaches than you do. With the head coach. I'm talking about if you're, you know, I'm not going to say there's a pecking order, but there, there is a pecking order, right, on a team. So if you're not part of the leadership group, usually you're friendlier with the assistant coach or or Brett, the video guy. And, you know, what I mean, there's a lot of guys that find, I don't know, comfort into the video room because they go in there and it's just it's a little usually a little more private area. It's not in the middle of everything. And then they can just kind of, you know, let their guard down and and see things and watch games from that are playing from in a different city that night. And you just kind of, you know, so it does, again, it's just, it's, you're right to the rink, your, your parking pl place, your, your pregame meals, you eat at the restaurant, you eat at home. It's just, it does a lot. Creatures and of habit. It is. It is. I, I tell you all the time, it's not superstitions, it's routines, you know, and then, so it's tough. For some guys, it does happen quick. And then, and some guys, it just... They've been geared to think a certain way for, let's say, I don't know, five years into a certain coach, a certain system, and now it's you got to think a little different, and then your your brain is just not there yet, and that's why it does take time. That's why, like Colleen said, it's a work in progress. You know, using Betsy's name uh, line, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it does take time, and some others it doesn't take any time at all. So, yeah, I, I think so far it's been good. You know, and like. Yeah. Again, I'm using Colleen said about McKinnon said, yo, you're surprised that guys have gelled so quick, you know? So but I had a quick question for Colleen, though. Go off. I mean, I'm going to go throw back here, and she worked for the Panthers. So I'm going to go goal line to goal line with a puck. Pavel Burry back then of the Panthers versus Nathan McKinnon. Who wins? Oof. Whoa. <laughs> Ah, that would be a tough one. The Russian Rocket was was a quick little dude. <laughs> that guy was fast. <laughs> he was super fast. 
Uh, I still think McKinnon would win. All right. I really do. Fair enough. <laughs> I was trying to say the old guys are going to get a, a win here, but no. <laughs> Throw them both out the window. Take McCarr instead. I had to pick one. I was just picking one. Exactly. Uh, I did want to ask everyone on the panel, the new guys, who do you guys think has started the best? Obviously, a production from guys like Rijo Tatar quietly has five assists on the year already. And then you have someone like Ross Colton, where the production is maybe a little bit lower, but the underlines are very, very good there. Who do you think has gotten off to the best start of the new additions for Colorado? Definitely Ryan Johansson. All right. Um, I think the other guys are just trying to still find their footing. Uh, like they said, you know, their systems are were different in their last team. So yep. um, I think Johansson, just with his experience, uh, being a little bit older, being a little bit more, you know, having a few more years in the, the league, uh, has adjusted a little bit quicker. This is an unconventional way to answer this question, but in looking at what each was brought in to do and the role they were meant to play, I'd say Freddie Olofsson has settled into the fourth line role, complements the way Cogliano and OC like to play so well. I think he's still getting his bearings on the penalty kill, but that's just a requirement of what was needed of that fourth line centerman there. Would love to see him have a better night in the face-off circle. One of these days, I think that's just a matter of times, you know, breaking down that film and learning the habits of the other players in the face-off dot will come with more reps in the NHL. I think that's what Freddie Olofsson needs in that right specifically. But what he's been asked to do on that fourth line, I think he has done very well. And more immediately than the other players who once they meet what they're sealing and what they were brought in to do, they're going to surpass Freddie Olsen in this conversation. But I do think his fit on that fourth line was really seamless. Uh, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go this way. How about Colleen? I agree with her. Um, I think he's been probably the MVP of those new guys. because Unlike Olsen can win a faceoff. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he's been, he's been really used for faceoffs. He's been yep. really used on the power play. The, yep. Obviously, uh, you know, he's a big body brings experience to that second line, right? Kind of like what Megan was saying about Olofsson. I agree with that, too. For what he was asked to do, it's great. But then for what Johansson was asked to do about the second line hole, I think he's doing the same thing, you know? Uh, If you're asking me my type of player, for example, so I'm a little more biased, is Ross Colton. You know what I mean? I like that. You know what I mean? Now, do I think uh, he's been better than Johan? No, you know what I mean? And, and it's the same thing, Miles Wood. I, I like that type of player, you know, I mean, for what they bring. Of course Right you now, do. exactly. <laughs> I mean, you can you can tell that he's more thinking a little bit more right now because he is a bowling ball, and, you know, it's going to take him a couple games, and then once he goes, he's going to be more than fine. He has been more, he has been fine. That's not what I'm saying, but I agree. I'm going to go Johansson as MVP so far of the new guys, and but I agree with Megan's take. And what about you, Rudo? Who's your guy? Uh, it's it's interesting to me because I do think it probably is Johansson if you're looking at it on yeah. paper. Yeah. But I do think Tatar is the one that has maybe stepped up the most just because of, you know, Druin hasn't been that great so True. far throughout the season. Certainly not in the top six. And Tatar is the one that has filled that role. And this is a guy who signed in the middle of September and has come in very quickly and said, I'll do whatever the Avs need me to do, and has, has really helped the Avs add flexibility to a lineup that, as we know with Jared Bednar, <laughs> he'll play anybody with anybody if it comes down to it. So I, I do want to give Tatar some credit there. Um, but I, I agree with, with you, too. I think Rijo really is 
the most important player probably of the bunch to succeed for Colorado. And so far, he's he's done a very good job of, of filling the role that needs to be filled by him. Not to take anything away from, from some of the other guys. Olofsson has been great on the fourth line. I think even Druin, you have some, some more hope for on that third line as things have started to look a little bit better for him. So I, all of the new guys, I think there's, there's solid pieces for there. And I, I do think it, there is a bit more of an interesting conversation there of, let's face it, the Avs have some pretty good players in their core. You don't necessarily need production out of these new additions. You just need them to fill the role that the team is asking them to do. So it's it's a hard conversation to really pin down, oh, this player is, has, is the best addition because they're all kind of doing different things that they're succeeding at. Um, do want to to talk about some of the, the guys already on the team too, though. And I'm going to ask this two different ways. I want to ask about importance and I want to ask about success. So uh, I'm going to start with success. Which Avs player of everybody has been the most successful so far this year? I'm assuming you can pretty much narrow that down to McKinnon, Makar, Miko, and maybe Georgiev. Logan O'Connor. I had three short-handed goals. You're <laughs> not wrong, but I'm, but I'm curious. Who do you think is off to the most successful start? Uh, I'm going to go with Miko Rantanen, definitely. 12 points in seven games pretty yeah. good. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, whether he's got the puck on his stick or he's uh, shovel passing it over to McKinnon, it's, he's just always on point. And, um, yeah, he's... He stays on the puck. He gets guys often to stay on the puck and makes either scores himself or creates scoring chances. He's he's crazy. His ability <laughs> to set up other people is not fair. I I've never had the pleasure of watching someone who can saucer pass the puck as well as Miko Ran, and it's it blows my mind every single time. I don't, I don't know. Very much so. <laughs> what blows my mind about him is his size. I mean, usually to be that big. And have that good of hands, it's, it's rare you see that. Like I always say, it's a an illegal combination. It, it is like well, it's, you had it's one like, of those two things. <laughs> I played at one ninety five. This guy's like <laughs> two twenty five, two thirty. Got to be, you know, he's a he's the moose, right? He's yeah. a machine. Um, I'll leave Logan O'Connor to Megan. I'll take. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. Why? It's a it's a good pick. Three short-handed goals in seven games in this in, in the season. That's amazing. And I'm assuming you're gonna take him. Uh, but again, you don't have to. But I'll take Makar because for me, he's the best player on the planet. I mean, he is. I, I'm going back to it. AJ hates when I say that the best player on the planet. He likes when I say the most valuable player nah, to a team the on the planet. But I, I just think he's the best player on the planet. Like. He just does things, and, and then there's a game like last night. He tried a few things. It just doesn't work, right? It's just not working, and, and it's just so like, whoa. It's just out of the ordinary because you're like, oh, my God. But throw that game yesterday in the garbage. He's been outstanding, and I, I think he's on a mission. He's, he's so fun to watch, and I'll say it again. He's a treat to have in Denver and, you know, just being at practice at, you know, family sports or whatever it is, and you just watch this guy go. It's just I just catch myself just watching him, and you got to remember he's on steel blades, right? Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just not—it's not right. It's just—I don't know—I don't know how to say it. It's just <laughs> he does things that are just, you know, the shuffle and everything. 
And then, and then you got kids and, you know, I got kids in youth hockey and it's funny because then you're like the kids, what were you thinking there? He goes, well, my car does it. Like, no, I understand that. You're just not, you're not my car. Well, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> that, that last point is kind of the interesting one. Miko, I think you could probably make an argument as the most successful av this season pretty easily. Oh, yeah. But you look at Makar, and he's doing things like he's the fastest defenseman ever to 250 points. Things that are on a little bit more of a macro scale. You look at Makar and go, yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he's fantastic. Right. Is Megan taking McKinnon? No. <laughs> okay. See, oh, I knew it. No. Did I pick the right I guy? I actually was... I, I'll get to Logan O'Connor in a second, right. but I wanted All to pick right. Alexander Georgiev. Oh, yeah, right. I think that's fair. It's, and also, I love your answers, though. As I'm hearing them, I'm thinking to myself, like, most all of the production has come from either Rantanen or Makar. Obviously, McKinnon has his hand in a lot of production, too, but I think Rantanen and Makar are at the top of the production that has come for the Avs. So it has run through them in a lot of different ways that I think is important and a key to their success and has also spoiled the fan base a little bit to setting that as an expectation. Georgiev had a good season last year, a, a well-established body of work as the starting goaltender, 62 games starting. That's a heavy workload. That's also kind of what he's staring down looking at this year. Yep. In looking at the 6-1-0 start, there's at least two of those games in that first six that I think the Avs didn't necessarily deserve to win. And the stars, like Rantanen, papered over some of the mistakes in execution that were happening. I still felt the Avs were the better team. There were just some execution errors, kind of specific to periods, too. Like, there were some first periods that just weren't great first periods from the Avs. And players like McKinnon and Rantanen and Makar helped to paper over that a little bit. But no better than Georgiev in those games, I think, is truly what helped the penalty kill to have the success that it did. I also think why Logan O'Connor is in consideration for the most success is the success of the penalty kill. Um, so I can't, you know, talk about Georgiev without making mention of what I believe to be success from Logan O'Connor coming out the gate too, not only in his shorthanded goal contributions, but also how solid the penalty kill has been coming out the gate because of what we saw last season, even with returning personnel. This was an area that required a lot of learning from the group, including players like O'Connor and Cogliano. Coming out the start this year, though, the penalty kill has been so much more cohesive, even with new personnel. And that is because O'Connor and Cogliano, as Bednar has said, have taken ownership of the PK and have taught the other players very hands-on exactly how they want to execute. And I think even though, you know, this the streak was snapped with the perfection on the penalty kill, it's still been a very good kill. And I think that goes back to the way in which some of these new additions have fit well, but also the little bit of leadership from Cogliano and OC uh, demonstrated there is just a part of that success. Going back to Georgiev, though, there were some games that I think he came up with important saves, and I think that he's going to continue to do as much. I think he's done everything that's been asked of him uh, moving forward as the starting goaltender, and I think that's going to be so necessary for the Avs' success this year. For Georgiev, beyond last game, where everything was bad, yeah. Uh, other than that one, he's given the Avs a chance to win every single night. Always, at worst, kept the game within one goal, and obviously the Avs have won all of those games. So, pretty good there. Also, not a skater, but credit to Nolan Pratt a little bit for that PK, too? Absolutely. <laughs> Getting no, those absolutely. new guys involved. You know, because I, I forgot who I was talking to. It might have been Miles Wood I was talking to about the penalty kill, but he said that 
Prouder's a little tough on them. There you go. Uh, in an effective, obviously, way, <laughs> but credit to Nolan Pratt for sure. People don't realize, like, Prater was... Looks very quiet, you know what I mean? And mm. he looks very, like, you know, and, and he played that way, but people don't realize he was tough. Mm. He was a tough player. He could drop the mitts and go. Like, I'm telling you, look it up. <laughs> and, you know, he'd surprise people because he looks like such a nice guy, and you know, which he is. But, um, yeah, Nolan Pratt's a tough cookie. So, I, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that he's tough on those guys. And then he does a great job on, with the PK kids. All right. Well, don't eat tough cookies. Those no. are gross. Instead... <laughs> Go get yourself some hero bread. Yes. Eric, I know uh, you've been eating it at home. I had those last week. It was awesome. Yeah. Is, is, is that your thing? Are you are you looking for some uh, some good ingredients, some good low-carb? Trying to make good choices. Zero sugar. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Well, someone on the pot has to eat healthy. It's not going to be me. <laughs> let's, let's be It doesn't real. look like it. But, you know, <laughs> trying to make healthy choices. Either way, hero bread is a great option for you. Uh, it, fantastic when it comes to your sustenance. Uh, they have high fiber as well as ultra low net carbs. Uh, they also have fewer calories than the leading national brands and 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. So they really do have you covered when it comes to eating right. You know, I know a lot of people love to do keto diets and things that cut out bread entirely. Hero bread is an option for you if uh, if that type of thing is what is on your menu. Uh, go check them out if you haven't had the chance yet. Absolutely delicious, too. They're, uh, their bread, I could just eat it plain. I'm not going to lie. Uh I know some people think that's weird, but I love Hero Bread. Uh, you can go over right now, use DNVR as a code to get 10% off your first order with Hero Bread over at hero.co, or you can also order on Amazon. Don't think you can use the DNVR code on Amazon, though. So uh, make sure to get it from hero.co. That's H-E-R-O dot C-O today. Get your 10% off and enjoy your bread. And then we're also sponsored by Bet365. They want every single play to be epic, whether it's uh, a big goal or a simple block shot. Either way, you can make money off of it when it comes to Bet365. So jump on it today. Uh, if you missed out on the Nuggets opening night, we did a big whole big event with Bet365. We're probably going to have to uh, do a couple of other things like that throughout the season. So keep your eyes peeled for things like that. Head on over to Bet365 and show up with the DNVR365 code to get a bunch of amazing boosts all over the place there. Uh, you can get the DNVR bet boost itself, which I think is still the uh, the Nuggets to win the championship right now, which they have boosted a plus 500, which is a pretty good deal. So go ahead, jump on that. Uh, you can also get tons of bonus bets through NFL betting too. Uh, do it with Bet365, and when you do, you must be 21 or older and physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. And we also have a, a pretty fun Bet365 Top 5 topical as well as Halloween's right around the corner. We have the Top 5 Avs Halloween costumes. I don't even know what order these are in. Uh, I think Megan does, though. <laughs> I do have to come back because we we took it to a vote, so we settled on. <laughs> on. So blame the people when you disagree with the order is what I'm hearing. Let's see it. Ah, yes, the Zadorovs. <laughs> I think the best part is the baby hamburger. Say, yeah, it's a lot of time put in that. 
effort uh, in that costume. Z usually went pretty hard I on the costumes. I wanted to shout yeah. that out that like if we're looking at former Avs, this was while he was here as an Av, but yep. his Halloween costumes that he coordinates with his whole family are always really good. So yep. I would look on Instagram, not in a weird way. <laughs> I gotta, you gotta respect the effort for sure. Which are, that, his kid's like five or six now, isn't it? I think so. he's, um, yeah, I think he has another little one yeah, too. I so now so. there's yeah. another little costume <laughs> in the mix. It's weird. People get older. <laughs> weird concept. It's a weird kids. concept. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Who's number four? There, how is how is this not number one? Also, this is Sam Gerard, not this Matt is Nieto. Sam so, one of the key details is his vocals because yeah. I obviously don't have video of this, but no, it was I out recall there. Yeah. video of him singing a performance yep. for this costume, and he has really a really beautiful voice. You know, it's a good costume if <laughs> Tiff can't even tell which av it is. So, the mustache threw it off. I that's a good that's point. True. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think this one should have been top two, but I didn't put my votes in, so I get what I deserve, I guess. I'm a slacker. Sammy. <laughs> uh, number three. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, yeah. The, the wrestler boys. <laughs> I just love the coordination of these three unlikely people. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Nathan McKinnon is, you know, the golden retriever black cat dynamic. I just feel like he's, I, I think he's the black cat and Tyson Jose is golden retriever. Miko Rantanen's golden retriever. Yeah, Miko's definitely, definitely golden. Yeah. I, my question is like, how did they convince McKinnon to do it? He looked happy. Maybe it was yeah. his idea. I don't know. Just, that's what I, in my head canon, it was totally Jost's idea. Nico will be like, yeah, whatever, I'll do it. I'm cool. But how did you get Nathan McKinnon to put on that costume? That's what I want to know. <laughs> he lost a bet? Maybe. Maybe, maybe that's what he it lost, is. He lost a bet. Three, six, five. <laughs> Three puck after practice, it happens. Yeah. You, you lose, and that's what happens. Who's number two? <laughs> Who does number two work for? <laughs> Ah, now, see this one. This one's really good. I oh, love yeah. the commitment. Yeah, to pose for the photo too. I think there's a filter on there. It makes it look really artsy. Yes. <laughs> well, the thing about this one is like, it has deep lore behind it too. Because Steve Dangle had called him Nazem Kadri Bob Ross because all the penalties he draws, and he leaned into it and actually wore the costume. That's uh, that's the attention to detail I need in my costumes. All they right. I made a movie out of. That, right? I mean, the, there's a movie about that dude. About Bob not, Ross? Not yeah. Yes. Bob Ross is awesome. <laughs> I know there's oh, a yeah, movie absolutely. about him. Like, yeah, are you, maybe you were too old, all right? I am too old. When you were old. sick from school, you'd stay home. <laughs> Bob Ross. You'd lie on the couch. Bob Ross would be on. Right. And he'd tell you about the happy little accidents on the canvas. I think all that's right? spanned quite a few generations, though, honestly. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then number one. I don't even know which one. It's, oh, okay. Uh, there's, there's a fair number one. I'm here for this. It's a little edgy, but I kind of love it. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I think <laughs> it's so good. I think it's super creative. <laughs> it is I really like creative. Milkman. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't read. You know that. I had to zoom in like this. <laughs> he should go this year as the mailman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to announce the third game. Yeah, you're right. The yeah. third Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that'd be funny. Then you'd really be pushing it in there. Uh, but just a, a little bit of fun with Halloween around the corner. We wanted to do the top five avalanche costumes that are out there. 
hopefully they uh, they wear some more for wherever their Halloween party is this year, and we have uh, have some more fun with it. Uh, but since we're in the fun section, the question we have to ask everyone who comes on the show, <laughs> Colleen, we got to get your bad food take. Uh, usually, it's something people like that some people might think is a little bit gross. For example, I like mayonnaise on burritos, which I know some people think is like a cardinal sin, but I'm curious if you have anything. Uh, a weird food that you enjoy? I really don't. I actually like everything except olives. Olives are the only thing I really don't like. I'm very simple. All olives? All olives. Okay, both I've black tried all and green. Them. All right. I've tried all of them, and I don't like any of them. Um, but I love olive oil. There I'm with are. you on that. <laughs> <laughs> olive oil just makes other things taste good. Exactly. That's the key. I'm definitely a big hot sauce, so... I enjoy trying all the different hot sauces. What's the weirdest thing you've put hot sauce on? Mm, Celery? That's a little weird. It's it's like, (laughs) it it makes sense, but you're right. That's a. It's just celery has no flavor. So, yeah. Gotta put some hot sauce on it. There you go. I I will accept (laughs) celery and hot sauce (laughs) as a a bad food take. I'm okay with that one. Uh, Getting back into the Avs conversation. I asked you guys most successful, and the answers might be the same, but most important Av so far this season. I think this is where you can really take Megan's case for Georgiev and and ramp it up a little bit more. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) No, Georgiev and Kale McCarr times two. Boost Kale McCarr because he's such an all-situations player. Uh, He might be most important in the health and longevity of his season, too. Not that there's any present concern, just obviously seeing games without him last year, you can feel the importance of Kale McCarr that much more. I definitely am going with Georgiev on that one, for sure. Um, he's been solid and reliable. And, you know, I was had a conversation with Miko Rantanen about um, kind of what the team needed to work on. And he was talking about the defensive side and specifically to that if they didn't, you know, kind of get their defensive side working better than uh, the only way that they were going to get some wins was Georgiev. So, um, accurate. That's, that's pretty important coming from, you know, one of your, your top producers right now. Yep. So Eric, I'm going to go like this. Oh boy. Instead of using a name, I'm going to go to the medical staff. Mm. I'm going to give there have been no injuries really. You know what? I knocked on wood. Maddie, Scotty, too Hattie, uh, too Hattie, hey, Scotty, too Hattie. <laughs> Woody's here now. Brent, what size, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Donovan, uh, everybody. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's uh, those guys. It's a tough job. It's you a know. really tough job. And uh, medical slash, uh, you know, strength conditioning. Uh, if those guys can, you know, keep it up, then they're up to a good start. I want to take this a little bit of a different way to have a different conversation a little bit here and maybe make a case for Nathan McKinnon in the process. I think you can make one for Makar here too. The Avs are without Gabe Landeskog for the second year. Last year, I did feel like there was a little bit of just waiting for Landeskog to get back, not just obviously on the ice, but with the leadership core. There was kind of this light at the end of the tunnel of, oh, Landy is coming back. This year, there is less of that. And you look at a Nathan McKinnon, you look at a Kale McCarr, I think to a lesser extent, Miko Rantanen, but he also wears an A. And this leadership group, 
has had to step up without a Landeskog, get introduced to a bunch of these new players, get this team off to the correct start. And we talk about it a lot. The The feel of this organization is top-down, right? It's those top guys that set the tone, and everybody else follows suit. And I really think the Avs leadership group, which I get it, it's not just McKinnon and the guys with A's, it's a leadership group, but they've done such a great job of, of getting the Avs to where they needed to be to start this season. And you can even include Bednar and, and the coaching staff in that too. But I... I guess my question would be how important is that side of it? Cause obviously when you're playing well, it's easy, right? Everybody's enjoying it. But after a game like last night, how important is that leadership group to get this team? I'm not going to say they're off the rails, but back on track. <laughs> uh, I definitely think that that leadership spans throughout that parts of that team. So like Megan was saying earlier with Cogs being on that fourth line and the leadership role that he plays and Bedsy has talked about it as well, um, how important he is as far as that leadership group goes. It stems from the top line all the way down to the fourth line. So having that in the depth of this team, um, I think is really one of the most important things, even, you know, without your Gabe Landeskog on, you know, on the ice. So I think those guys, I've talked to uh, Miko and all three of them, actually, Miko, Kale, and, and Nate about that leadership role. And they, they really do each have a different style. Um, you know, Nate's always been the lead by example, and he certainly does that when he's the first one on the ice, last one off the ice. Um, Miko definitely is, uh, as he said, uh, more fun. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, not not the intensity that, that McKinnon has, but he certainly um, balances that out as far as that leadership. I mean, you goes. need some of that for yeah, sure. Definitely. So I think, I think with that and especially, you know, with the new guys coming in, um, you know, I, I remember hearing miles wood talking about what it was like playing with Nathan McKinnon, uh, for him. And he compared him to the last dance, uh, by Michael, Michael Jordan, Jordan. which I thought was, uh, I've made that comparison a, a few times too. He's yeah. slightly crazy. <laughs> but you need a little crazy sometimes, all right? <laughs> it's obviously working. I think that's a really good call out about McKinnon too because so so much of how he leads is that standard that was set for a lot of the new players coming in. A lot of that is driven by McKinnon and that is down to how they practice, how they train, how they recover. Even Logan O'Connor has talked about how so much of what he does in his own routine has been learned from McKinnon. And so even if this isn't something that he's actively teaching throughout the year just setting that standard from the beginning and sort of bringing players into the fold by doing it himself and showing them this is how I train this is how I recover other players follow suit and that is going to strengthen them as a team for the entire course of the season even though it's not something he's actively teaching them every day I think that they learn a lot from that and it sets them up for success early on so long as they stick to it too, right? There has to be some level of accountability. And that's where I think the clarity of Landeskog, not returning for the regular season at least, allows leaders like Kale McCarr to not even question that they would be stepping on anyone's toes when McCarr steps up, for example. Like without that clarity last year, I do wonder if McCarr straddled not knowing what his leadership role would be exactly um, because he isn't 
the captain specifically, but he is an important voice in that room. And I just hope that this clarity with Landeskog not returning for the regular season allows someone like Kale McCarr to step up as a leader even more than he already has with the comfort to do so too, because he does have a really important voice in that room. What well, What's important too is uh, the cohesiveness between management and, and the coaches and the players and sure you got to find new ways to motivate each season, right? Each season takes a, a different path. And, uh, you know, if you look at the LA Kings right now with their documentary on, was it NHL Network or whatever, like you can tell, like you, you hear McClellan behind the bench, you hear the players talk, like start to climb, start to climb. So obviously climbing is a big thing for them. And whatever the abs are this year, you know what I mean? There, there's something. We, we're just not there to hear it. But Whatever catchphrase like, it is. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? And and I think it's important. And that, that that's kind of laid out usually in the summertime between, you know, leadership group and the coaches and, and management. So be interesting to see because I, I don't know what the theme is this year. But is it redemption? Is it whatever it is, right? You know, because I, I, I felt... Don't get I think, hurt. That's my yeah, thing. I think we all... Exactly. That's my point. I think everybody feels the same way. They didn't really have a chance to defend their title last year. It's no. not an excuse. It's a reality. So um, so I don't know whatever it is this year, but you can tell that there's they're a little bit... Uh, not last night, but you can tell <laughs> that they're a little bit hungry and, you know, a little bit in a different mindset than they were last year. And, you know, and I think that's usually carried by your leadership group. That's how it works. And and like the lady said, you know, everybody's different. You know, Miko brings it in a different way than Kale, and so does Nate, and, and so do the coaches. I always go back to your peers. Your peers is your most important pressure you'll feel all year. I mean, a coach can yell at you, but if Miko ranted and that is usually a nice guy, all of a sudden he's like, cornering you're talking he's like whoa you know what i mean it's it's, it's when got you know old. you messed up exactly yeah. you know <laughs> and we all have parents and sometimes you don't want to hear your parents right but you need your friends to tell you yeah right? and you know so i think they have a good mix between management coaches and players i think the mix is good too brecton spoiling our third period topic but before we get to that we are brought to you by game time if you're trying to get tickets to the next Avs game Game time is the way to do it. Whether it's their next home game or away, game time has all the tickets covered all over the country for all sorts of events, not just sports. You can get abs, nuggets, Broncos tickets if that's what you want. But you can also get tickets to the theater. You can go see a concert, whatever it might be. Game time has you fully covered. And we use code DNVR when you download the game time app today, you get $20 off your first purchase. And there's tons of other ways to save a bunch of money with game time. You can wait for last-minute tickets to get fantastic deals. You can use Game Time's uh, section selector where you pick the section of the tickets. Game Time will pick the tickets for you in that section. You save an average of 18% when you do that. And the best part is if you find tickets cheaper elsewhere, Game Time will credit your account 110% of the price. So you always get the best deal from Game Time. You got to get over it. You got to use game time to get tickets to the next event you're going for. Download the game time app today. And again, use that DNVR code to get $20 off your first purchase. And then that $20 you saved, take it on over to Kind Love and get yourself the uh, the new DNVR joint pack. Uh, whatever you prefer. They've got both Indica and Sativa options over at Kind Love. And you can get 25% off all in-store purchases with the code DNVR. Uh, do we have the do we have the video footage of the of the joints? Roll it because they it's just dope footage. <laughs> it's just life experience. That's all. <laughs> uh, anyway, 
go over to Kind Love. You can also see their whole ordering menu on kindlove.com. And remember to use that DNVR code when you purchase to get 25% off. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Do want to talk about exactly what Brechton asked with uh, who do the Avs need more from? I think we've kind of already mentioned Druin on that conversation. You can dive deeper into that if you guys want to. Uh, you can also look at the rest of that lineup. What's going on at backup goaltender? How do we feel about their third pairing? Is there someone else you'd like to see step up a little bit more? I'll open the floor to whoever wants to take it. That's a tough question. That, I mean, that was honestly, a tough seven questions. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm go, like, go wherever you want with it. There you go. <laughs> um, I I hate to you know put all that all of that just on on Drewin, but I mean you know we got to get the guy a break. We you know as management even said you know that they were taking a chance. They yep. they knew you know what they were getting into. Um, and as Bedsy said, you know he. He planned on, you know, working with him, but, but pushing him. He, you know, and he wants he wants him to play to his full potential. Obviously, Nate does too. Nate's pushing him as as well. I mean, you see the two of them working together, you know, since before training camp even started. Yep. So, you know, his unfortunate um, history. You know, I. We're all pulling for him. Of course. That's, that's what I'm, that's kind of how I feel about it is that, you know, it's a change of scenery, hoping that that's going to make a difference. And I mean, he's, he seems to have settled in, um, you know, again, I was talking to him about the difference in systems and he's that Montreal is very different. Yep. So he's, he's got a lot to, to catch up on. Well, you know, I think, like I said earlier in the show, I do think it's getting better. I do think you're starting to see that come, but look at last year. The Ben Myers story was, hey, it looks real good, but the puck's not going in. And at a certain point, you need a little bit more of that. Uh, I will say, look, the Evs are 6-1. and one. They don't need to do anything that much better as a whole, as a team. So don't read too much into it. I'll put it that way. No, and I mean, honestly, I think, uh, obviously, Bowen Byram got, yeah. took a big chip off his shoulder. Um, so that's... That's a huge thing because, I mean, you know, the penalties and, and just his start to it the season. It was a little rough for sure. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, once we fine-tune those things, I think uh, we're not even going to be asking that question. <laughs> <laughs> just put it out of your mind. I love it. Anyone else? It feels like on the Bowen Byram conversation, it does go back to the bottom of the decor, generally speaking. Like, yeah. so much of Byron's struggles were playing on his offside. It's not something he hasn't done before. It just felt like that was especially difficult for him in those moments. And then it's looking at, you know, our Manson and Jack Johnson playing to their strengths together. Because I really liked Manson's fit with the abs following that trade deadline. And there were definitely some growing pains and some adjustments and mistakes that got made. But then come the playoffs, I thought Manson's contributions were so important for this group. Obviously, the injuries last year took him a little bit off course. And it just felt like he hasn't gotten back on track this year. And I think it's because of the opportunity that he's had on the bottom pairing. And I think that is not allowed him to fully play to his strengths exactly either. And so I would just like to see some more of that answered in the decor generally. Like, how can you use Byram to play to his strengths? How yep. can you use Manson to play to his strengths? And it just feels like they haven't found the right piece in Jack Johnson there. I think for what he is, he's doing 
what's asked of him, it just might not be what they need this year. Like last year, it was what they wanted and they got what they needed from Jack Johnson in exchange for Andreas England. And that was serviceable and satisfactory. It just feels like the needs for that third pairing D have changed. And Jack Johnson is no longer the answer there. And it's not even a demerit of Jack Johnson. I still think he's an NHL player. I just don't know if his fit makes as much sense this year. I really like that answer. Uh, I I think part of it is the Avs coaching staff has kind of had a a revelation with their forward core this year. Where look at Druin. Oh, he's not really going. We'll just drop him to the third line. No big deal. You look at the D pairs. Oh, Byram's not really going tonight. You better figure it out, bud, because we cannot play Jack Johnson that much more. No. <laughs> I guess I, I feel like it's also a testament to what Eric Johnson meant yeah. to that D yep. line. So definitely, definitely a big difference. Definitely a, a guy who's missed. Wasn't going to pay him $3 million this offseason, but is what it is. Good for him. Um, <laughs> to answer the question from the chat, right, who, who do you need more from, maybe? I don't know, the backup goalie? I mean, we haven't seen them play at all. Who is so the maybe. backup goalie? Yeah. <laughs> you need more from a mystery man. No, I'm there. kidding. A I mean, uh, I was man. just, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, I, I, you know what? I said at the start of the year, and I'll say it again. I, I probably would have handled the goalies the same way as the Avs have so far. So it's been an easy schedule. There is no fatigue. I understand. But don't worry. Numbers will, will get there. They'll balance out. And by the end of the year, he'll have played his 55, whatever it is. You know what I mean? To be ready for playoffs. But this, you want to start the right way. You have a, He's been an ace in the hole. Like, he's been good. Um, so, and, and it's been easy two games, two days in between. So, but yeah, you need more from your backup goalie because we have had nothing. Hey, their backup goalie has a, a 1,000 save percentage. Yeah, right? I was just <laughs> say, yeah. We can look at it that way, too. Yeah. We can do it that way, How too. They've been outstanding. more? They've been great. (laughs) That's not necessarily needing more from a player. That's needing clarity, right? right? Yes. Just what are they doing at that position? Is Prozvatov really the backup? Is Annan going to get an opportunity? The answer right now is simply we don't know. So we'll figure it out one way or another. Um, That's really all I had planned for today. But if there's anything else you guys want to touch on uh, or we can wrap things up. I got one more question. Go, go. I do. I'm going to go with Megan's shirt. You know what I mean? Like the be a good person, right? <laughs> you know, to be a good person, which is awesome, right? It's a good cause here around town. And But I'm going to ask the ladies because they spend a lot of time in the locker room. And and, and Ruda and I don't want like a, a, a three-name answer. It's a one-name answer. So who <laughs> is the nicest person that you encounter in the locker room? See, you can't give us three names. One. Say, like, Danielle. I mean, she's not there anymore. Drew. Right? Drew. Ooh, I like yeah. it. Hey, French guy. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I'm with you. Nice. Playing to the French guy right yes. there. <laughs> well, yes, Colleen. I am a chef and a psalm, so I definitely love talking food. So the French Canadian guys. They know their food. Knows his food. <laughs> Had a good conversation with him. And Joe Hansen. All right. His food, too. That's honorable. You're, you're allowed honorable mansion. <laughs> I don't want to pick one. <laughs> See, she's scared. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Cop out and say Jared Bednar. That's the play. Bednar is one of them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll take that as an answer. Uh, Call, you don't want to give you a chance to shout yourself out. 
tell all the people where they can find all your stuff and what you do. Uh, I am at the Hockey News, the Colorado Avalanche site. Uh, we've just recently built out all 32 teams. And I am at THN Flynn on the X platform and the Hockey News Flynn on Insta. There you go. That was really impressive. I still instinctively call it Twitter. I, just, I, I refuse <laughs> to so switch. I've had to train myself. I've literally had to train myself because <laughs> I just got the new iPhone and it finally switched over from the Twitter app uh, to the X app. Yeah. No, it, I'm calling it Twitter till I die. <laughs> Tiff, you had, a, you had a graphic earlier. Of, was that Megan? Oh, yeah, that's an old graphic. <laughs> that? Yeah. Well, is so it. nice. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Was that Megan's Megan? goalie <laughs> taking the night. All right. holding a knife because she's an assassin. It's a great <laughs> Halloween picture. <laughs> Spooky. Georgiev definitely deserved a knife after last game. Mm. That, he would never. Mm-mm. He wouldn't, but he deserved to. Uh, all right. Anyway, uh, if you have been called not the nicest person in the room, maybe you need Bacchus and Shanker. <laughs> Defamation of character. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, if you were in a car accident or you were injured at work or, or something happened where you were hurt and not at fault, call 222-2222 today with Bacchus and Shanker or go to coloradolaw.net to get a free consultation. If they think you have a case, they will take your case on and you pay nothing up front. They don't get paid until you get paid, so... Go over there, get it to coloradolaw.net, give them a call. They've won over a billion dollars for their clients over the 25 years they've been doing this. So they are very, very good at what they do. Uh, Let them know. Call the two number. Get to Bacchus and Shanker because they win. Uh, Hopefully the Evs keep to their winning ways as well. Six and one. I know it. I know we're 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 digging pretty deep to find things they can improve on. We'll put it that way. But we are going to wrap up on this show today we appreciate all of you hanging out with us thank you colleen for coming on the show we appreciate you as well uh we are off tomorrow and then the matinee game sunday a fun early riser so hope to see you all there and we will talk to you on the next one you're all silly like the mayor 